0: Amen. Well, welcome everyone. It's such a joy and I'm so privileged to be with you all to speak and I've just been having a glorious time the last 24 hours with the Lord, even during the night season sleeping and even yesterday during our uh, weekly CMM prayer time, we we were surprised Farzad got in uh, to the call and gave us some updates and so I will uh, share some of that uh, first off. But I want to talk about um, what the Lord's been speaking to me about. And we've been talking about you'll meet in due season and, and crossing the threshold in expanding our capacity to receive revelation and to grow in the love of God to be able to um, have a, a greater influence or or impact in wherever we go and whatever we're doing. And we know that everything in life is ministry. Everything is a form of worship. And so I'm just uh, very excited and thankful to share. And I I pray that the Holy Spirit would, as Karen prayed, uh, just have his way speaking through me. I pray that it um, is uh, coherent (laughs) as usual. You've heard me speak before. And so just bear with me as the Lord ties this all together um, uh, by his grace and his mercy. So um, thank you. Let me pull. I'm going to share my screen. And let me see where my PowerPoint is. Don't you love this time of year? Great weather here. Now, where is it? Oh, there it is right there. Hang on. And we're going to start a slideshow from the beginning. So we're expanding our love. Do you feel that? Like Karen was talking about um, rejuvenation going on, and, and really the testimonies that we've been hearing from, from friends that we know and love and trust has become more and more important as, as uh, deception um, expands. And we know that it is temporary. The enemy of our soul knows that his days are numbered. And that's why we see such fighting, such a release of evil. And we don't want anyone to be discouraged or um, have the air taken out of their tires, so to speak. This is a time for preparation as he expands our spiritual footprint. And I uh, love this scripture, was reading today, and he sent his word and healed them and delivered or rescued them from their destructions and their circumstance. And more and more, the Lord is reminding each of us how important the living Word of God is. I remember Smith uh, Wigglesworth reading about him many times in different places. He would only read the Bible, and I'm praying about that. I I feel we may need to get to that point ourselves where we are only reading God's Word, because more and more of what we see, um, so-called uh, science or government, all the seven mountains of society, media, is is uh, sending messages of division, distraction, diversion, defeat, death, destruction. And when I uh, share some of these testimonies from Farzad, Nancy heard him yesterday, Allison did, um, online with Farzad, it just further confirms the, um, the dubious nature of what we don't get firsthand ourselves, either from the holy spirit from his word or from someone that we know the word of god says to know those that labor among you and that is becoming more and more vital every day um it's important who we who we can trust and who we do trust and you you hate to say it, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt you want to err on the side of grace but As time goes on, um, you know, the Lord is showing us how to um, increase our discernment of discerning the times and the seasons, discerning the spirits and the source and the intent of where people are getting their information. And the word of God is so full of life and encouragement and truth on showing us how to do that. And I've been in several uh, meetings the last week or two. Nancy did a great job by the way, last week. If you haven't seen that, I encourage you to go and watch that, or I would like to watch it again. I was there in uh, uh, during the class, but I would like to watch it again because there's there's meat, and we need the meat, and we need to get past the milk stage of immaturity, of division, of taking sides or teams. Uh, the enemy is the devil, and our brothers and sisters in the Lord have a voice and we need to encourage that voice and see what the Lord sees in each one to be able to speak to that destiny that God created for for them before the foundation of the world. So today, I w- these are some of the topics. I don't know if I'll have time. I think what the Lord's been giving me the last few days could be a, a whole book. Um, so let's start with with Farzad. We've known Farzad for 12 or 13 years now. Um, I, I think most of you have heard about him or met him or heard him speak on video. We'd love to have him speak uh, again soon to the, to this group and others. Um, and he was sharing, you know, you may have seen um, a video in the last couple of weeks of one of the sons of the founders of Hamas talking about um you know he's become a christian and of how how much deception there is and corruption and and evil in the hamas of what they're doing of killing innocent people invading israel constantly complaining that israel's the invader when really it's the palestinians who who never had a land really who are demanding treatment and the and the liberal leftists and and colleges around the world are are protesting so much, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I'm getting more confirmations that that these uh, protests in America, like last weekend we were in Washington DC, saw hundreds of Palestinian flags. And I began to think that this has the all the fingerprint markings of George Soros, just like we saw with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, um, that where did this come from uh, in the recent surge of anti-Semitism that is terrible. We know the Lord hates racism, um, but this is like uh, a strategic uh, battering ram against Judeo-Christian values in our country. There are evil forces that are out to destroy America, destroy Israel, and destroy God's plans. It's fueled by the Antichrist spirit, but it comes in different forms and different layers, and we we know all that, but. Uh, Farzad shared that, uh, I think Allison might've asked him if he'd seen the video of the son of one of the Hamas leaders, uh, who's a Christian speaking against Hamas and pro-Israel. And he said, yeah, that he, Farzad baptized that man and discipled him and helped him grow in the Lord. And, uh, Farzad was sharing about going into really heavily Muslim countries like, um, of course, Iraq, Assyria, Afghanistan, um, Somalia, uh, Yemen, and other countries, and that they used to take in Bibles and they'd have a hard time getting giving away all the Bibles. Now they can't keep up, that people search them out and look for him or his team when he comes. He told me a year ago that he would go into Yemen and Somalia and he used to dress like an Arab, dress like a Muslim, but the last couple of years he wears American clothes, he wears a cross on the outside of his shirt. And people say, Hey, you, hey, Mister, are you a Christian? And he'll say, Yes, I am. And he smiles. He's and they say, Tell me about Jesus. And so that has continued to, to uh expand of the love of God. And um there's so much to share. I'll I'll try to to take care of Farzad's updates first, but he says in Many of these countries, he shared an audio last week with us on on WhatsApp, and we encourage you to get on uh, one of those, Telegram, Signal, or WhatsApp, to keep in touch with what our CMM friends and family are doing around the world. If you want to know, let Nancy know or I, and we'll add you to those groups to stay informed. And um, he shared um, an audio of somebody sent from Kosovo, which is up in uh, like near Russia, um, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, and their new named countries, Czech Republic, I think. Um, and how these Muslim areas, whole towns, are are so fed up, sick and tired of Islam that they are leaving Islam. And and this voice on the audio, it's <clears throat> a friend of Farzad's shared it, that brother, the time is coming when we will see more and more towns and more and more cities and regions totally turn against uh, Islam. It was exciting. And then Farzad sent an article last week on the text thread um, talking about 75,000 mosques in Iran. 50,000 of them are closed and have been for several years. And Then on Thursday, I'm on the advisory board of Save the Persecuted Christians, which are really 200 organizations, uh, NGOs, that are passionate about the Lord Jesus and passionate about praying for uh, persecuted people around the world and and how the persecution is is spreading, as we know, even in in America and the West and Europe. And um, uh, I asked this man who was from Iran— Who goes there regularly and has a good pulse on things. And uh, and Farzad had asked, is this true that 50,000 of the mosque out of 75,000 are closed? And he said, yes, it's true. It's been true for several years. And that um, the people in Iran are just fed up with it, millions and millions. And it continues to be true as so for the last 10 or 12 years. Iran is the fastest growing Christian nation in the world. And this uh, this man, I forget his name, Dr. Hazidi, I think it is, um, said that um, there are two Irans. There are the people which are pro-Israel. It's very common in Iran to see hashtag we stand with Israel. We don't hear that in the news. And the other Iran is the aging uh, uh, clerics. The, the Imams, the Ayatollahs, whatever they're called, that th- these are older men getting older who will gladly sacrifice a million Iranians to keep Islam strong in Iran. And so we are seeing the, the spirit of, of, of life and spirit of grace expand as the spirit of death is being condensed and cornered, fighting hard, but it knows it's on the ropes and, and we win because of who Jesus is and Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. And uh, this Dr. Hazidi shared that um, he keeps in touch with young people's blogs and secular blogs and Christian and Muslim blogs in Iran. And it's quite common there to see hashtag we stand with Israel on all of these sites and that the young people, they have a code language that when they need to go to the bathroom, they say, "I have to go to the mosque," and they'll get up and they walk away. They go to the bathroom and come back, and that's the code language. I have to go. I need to go to the mosque. That means the bathroom. So that shows the the difference in their perceptions and what is happening as this great harvest that is upon us, Hallelujah, is spreading around the world and more and more Muslim areas. The sons of Ishmael are saying, enough is enough. I want to know the real God, the Father God who answers prayer. And last weekend, I was in Washington, D.C. at a conference with Heidi Baker and Leif Hetland and um, Randy Clark and others and was with some friends from here and and Virginia in in a house uh, in Alexandria, Virginia. So Saturday afternoon last week, we rode into D.C., in the mall area, went by the White House, Capitol, the Treasury Department, Department of Justice, Education Department, and we prayed and interceded and made declarations uh, for that. One of the things we prayed and declared that there would be a speedy resolution to naming of a Speaker of the House, and now, thank God, we have Mike Johnson, who's a good old Louisiana Baptist boy, who's uh, a pro-life. And, and one of the first things he did was get on his knees and pray with others. People laid hands on him as he received his uh, position officially, and uh, uh, we we prayed and declared that the Department of Education would turn and repent or be shut down because of the evil, the poison that they're doing in abusing young people's lives, this inflicting uh, torturous abuse and um, uh, gender confusion on them, that they'll have health problems, psychological, emotional problems all of their life that they go through with these sex change operations, which is so hideous and evil. And so you can see this pattern of evil, of, of Satan at work, and we don't focus on the devil, but the Lord gives us the spirit of discernment of the sons of Issachar to be able to recognize, to identify, to expose, the corruption and the evil and the demonic uh, witchcraft that is going on so that we can save nations as we disciple nations. And we are to, uh, not maybe not all, but many are called to speak the truth, to stand up for, for those that are vulnerable and to always, we're all called to speak the truth in love. And that includes um, words that may offend or harsh, but because we love them so dearly, we're concerned about their eternal soul and their salvation. Um, Nancy or Alison, were there any other points that I omitted about Farzad? Feel free, uh, Alison or Nancy, you, were, you guys were there.
1: I think you've covered everything pretty well, Dr. George. Good job, thank you.
0: Thank you. Good. Okay, next we'll go to Hi, Mailspin. He's been here several times. He'll be back again. Um, he uh, lives in um, the Sea of Galilee area in Israel with Aliyah Return Center, and he is in a reservist. He's in his 40s, has a wife and kids. They, they haven't seen each other for the last month because as a reservist, he got called up into active duty, and he's in, in Gaza, and he is a uh, um, a machine gunner, the top, the the lead machine gunner on a Humvee as they patrol Gaza looking for the enemy and doing things. And we really encourage you to join those Signal, WhatsApp, um, Telegram groups, because he sends out a video of him in uniform with a machine gun, quoting scriptures, encouraging us, encouraging himself, uh, reading the word of God, declaring the word of God, speaking in Hebrew, um almost every day as he's down there um, helping to restore Israel and to avoid further bloodshed, strife, or injury. Um, And Lord, right now, we pray for the hostages that are being held in those tunnels or wherever in the Gaza Strip, Lord, that you would keep them safe, whether they're Jew or Israeli, Arab or Christian or American or Canadian, wherever other countries they're from. Lord, that that you would um, help the IDF, uh, locate them and to bring them to safety in Jesus mighty name. And our good friend, Bart Peacher, I'll be speaking with him tomorrow. Um, and he is, uh, uh, helps with, um, Russian or, uh, Russian, um, uh, refugees from world war II. And, um, uh, They don't know where they are, these older Russians. I mean, they must be in their 80s and 90s. Um, uh, And we saw them last July when we were there in in the Gaza area in Soderot in the south. And and Bart doesn't know where where they are. So pray for those Russian Holocaust survivors as well. And and the others, all of Israel, for innocent people to be protected. Um, There was a, a news blurb today that 20 Jewish schools in the Paris area, were evacuated because of bomb threats, and so Lord, we know that you hate racism, and we just pray for protection of Jews around the world, Father, wherever they may be. Lord, that this hatred would end, this senseless racism uh, would be exposed, Father. That these are, these are people, these are families, these are your people, your chosen people, Lord, and we just pray extra protection around them. And um, so these are some of the other topics, inspecting our foundations in worship, discerning deception, talk about the lost century. I think Nancy, I know Nancy knows about it. She told me about it and others may have seen this documentary, Sardinia and the Battle of Walter, Switzerland, the mystic with the governmental anointing and mature sons of God, stages of trust. We're gonna look at Old Testament examples of how, as the Lord um, sees us faithful in small things and then trusts us with greater things. And I know and see that many, if not all of you, are going through levels of transition. Who is it in transition? If you've got a pulse. Um, but uh, wondering or questioning, and we're here to, to um, encourage, to strengthen, to show you the path of how the Lord is smiling over you wherever you are at, at whatever stage of growth or depth or maturity in your life, and that how he is our our source and our all in all. And uh, we'll be talking about that. And lastly, joy, if there's time. My button won't work. Hang on. I'm gonna stop sharing for a minute and then come back down here and see where we are. Okay, and then coming back to screen sharing. See if that works now. It still won't advance the screen from current slide there we go i love this picture you can trust him how many times do we give mental assent or do we think yeah we know the word we've read the word we we believe but has it really sunken into our knower deep down in our spirit man or woman with the revelation of it And as we study the word of God, the depth, the awakening, the awareness, the the assimilation of what is possible as we believe the way we were created to believe. For Jesus said, the work of the Father is to believe. So we're going to look at foundations. God is showing areas of our character that need pruning and healing. Holiness, a consecrated life, and other cracks are areas of our lives that include character and vision where we need reworking and fixing before we can step into the next phase of building with the Lord. If some of you may feel feel stuck or at a plateau for longer than you think, we need to daily allow the Lord to by his Holy Spirit to examine our lives. He looks upon the heart to see if there's any areas that need um, shoring up or repair or perhaps replacing. Oftentimes, it's it's tear down in order that we can build up. Also, look out for where God is breaking, damaging, and dis- uh, any destructive mindsets such as hope deferred, deferred and a survival mentality. He calls us to thrive. He gives us all that we need to overcome by faith, every trial that comes in life, every uh, tribulation, every persecution, every uh, financial relational ministry type of blockage or hindrance. He shows us if we inquire of him and wait on the Lord, and he will show us areas that we can allow him to rebuild those foundations because he's building in each of us something that character is so precious integrity is so pure to the lord the condition of our heart is so vital for our fulfilling the destiny that we created us he created us for so we don't have to go around the mountain again and again or for 40 years to learn and and if we allow him to put us back on the potter's wheel he, he's always there to to restore to revive to rejuvenate to regenerate and all of this and many uh believers around the world is being confronted during this time of war you know we had the pandemic we had all the the chaos the the election being stolen um all the corruption and the deception that is around the world expanding into media the science uh education. It is all around us, and it has been a traumatic time, I think, for most of us. We've all had different levels of impacts of trauma from the last few years, and it's okay. As Nancy shared last week, much of that is not our fault, but the Lord gives us strategies and blueprints and scrolls of how to to rise up from the ashes, to turn our mourning into dancing, to turn to ashes into something beautiful, and, and it's through that brokenness that we can gain in wisdom and grow in stature of the Lord through, through the brokenness, through the sufferings of Christ, and, and it's part of the, you know, we're not keeping our eyes on the enemy instead of the Lord, we're keeping our eyes in the Lord, but we're aware of the enemy so that our capacity to grow as mature sons and daughters of God can expand so that we really have the the heart of the Father. For a Father loves at all times, and our Abba Father, as Allison was sharing, loves us so perfectly and so purely, when we get a revelation of that, it, it can transform our lives and is a marker in our lifetime of, wow, and then that happened and everything changed. Abba's love has that capacity in it because it's limitless, It's unstoppable, and and he's just ready to run and pour it into us. And so many of these these, um, chinks in the armor, so to speak, in the foundation, or like Nehemiah was called to repair the wall, and he had a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other hand, um, sometimes things need to be torn down in order that they can be rebuilt. So allow the Lord to confront as he heals these things that may be holding us back, and, and myself included, Lord, I don't want to be in Your way. Yahweh, have Your way in me, Lord. That that I can be healed, whole, and like we read in the Old Testament, that the priests who had scars were not allowed in the temple. Help us to heal. Not that we don't hurt. That that You mourn with us uh, when we need to mourn, but there's a time to grow out of that and and to grow up and move on. He picks up the righteous seven times. So get ready for a season of deep heart and soul refreshing and trauma-reversing healing in Jesus' name. And I found this scripture a couple days ago, Isaiah 54, 11. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. That's That's the foundations in us of holiness, of righteousness, of character, uh, the character of Christ, the integrity of Christ that he wants to build in us so that he can really build a structure, a spiritual structure that will last all eternity and not just survive or get by, but thrive in the fullness of his joy. Next, I want to share about this guy that I had never heard of When we were in um, Switzerland. Um, you, many of you know um, uh, Stefania Della Santa lives in the south in the Italian section, and Ruth Aquaroli lives in Sardinia, Italy. Well, they've been best buds for years, and they're, they're both ordained with CMM, and they invited uh, me and some others to go on um, some strategic assignments of prayer walking and making declarations of Lord. So last year on um, September 24th or 25th Feast of Tabernacles of 22, we were in Geneva and we did some specific assignments in four international headquarters there. One of the things we did was we went to CERN, where is that big um, underground um hypersonic um, atom smasher. And we made some declarations there. And we learned the next day that CERN, after our declarations, we took communion, um, we blew shofars, we declared words uh, of scripture that the Holy Spirit gave us, and really tried not to say our own words, just the word of the Lord as led by the Holy Spirit there. And the next day, we found out that CERN reduced its uh, electric consumption by 50% for the next year. So we're still in that mode of having an impact. And the power of life and death is in our tongues. And I see us more and more being given um, specific assignments in our region, that we are all uh, mobile altars of God. And I'll talk more about that in a a little bit. But now Nicholas LaFleur was a guy I had never heard of. Ruth had read a book about him seven years ago and had longed to be able to go to this place where he lived. And um, he was a family man, a farmer, a military leader, a member of the assembly, a counselor, a judge, and a mystic. And he was respected as a man of complete moral integrity. And so when he was 40 years old, he had been seeking the Lord, drawing closer to the Lord in greater intimacy and hungering for more of the Lord. So his family was in agreement. His wife and children uh, released him to go. And when he left his family farm home, which we were able to go inside uh, last this month, earlier this month, and <clears throat> he never stepped set foot in that house again. And he went nearby. And he built a little chapel and we were able to visit that chapel and then he lived upstairs in that chapel so this is the late 1400s the 15th century and um he didn't know how to read or write he was illiterate um, a monk read him the bible and he spent time with the lord just as a hermit and as a mystic seeking the lord and I say this to encourage us about hungering for the Lord, for the for the deep, intense, passionate um, uh, oneness or or deep love that comes from total devotion to the Lord, and how how far He can take us into the to the mystical or the spiritual, unseen realm. Um, and He was known as as uh, uh, many things but he developed a governmental anointing as we've learned. And you can go on Wikipedia or other sites and read more about him. But he was instrumental in preventing war between some of the Swiss cantons, which are like counties. And um, he had sharp discernment and uh, really deep spiritual sensitivity, uh, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, a prophetic voice, many people in that region of Europe, even way back then with with harsh travel and going long distances over rough terrain, sought him out to hear a word of the Lord from this man who who hungered and pressed into the heart of God continually. And it was known that some people from uh, leaders from Hungary and I think Germany came in disguise wanting to see if he could pick up on who they were From a distance, as they walked closer to him, he would say, you're not who you're pretending to be. You are this person in this position, and the Lord is saying this and this. And so uh, it was known that he fasted, only taking communion for over 20 years. No food, no water, only communion. And... That just stirs my, my passion and my zeal. And When I read about uh, Madame Guillaume or other mystics in the past, we need to do more to, to study these, uh, these heroes of the faith from way back when, who, who really lived a consecrated, set-apart life for the Lord, growing in the Lord. Bear in mind, he couldn't read or write. Um, later, after his death, the Catholics claimed him, just like they claimed Apostle Peter, uh, was the first pope or the first Catholic, and they make a shrine out of everything, and he would be so disgusted with what they've done to his little chapel. Um, but it was it was amazing that his wife and his ten children agreed to let him go be a hermit and um, a, a mystic. And we don't know if he ever saw them again, but it, it is known that he never set foot in his family house or farm again. And um, while we were there, we were on the land, and and it was so quiet. It was we had to go way up a mountain and way down a mountain on foot. And there was a beautiful stream or a small river with water rippling over the over the rocks. And we brought home some of those rocks to to build altars unto the Lord in our own homes here and our property up in Arabian Falls. Um, but there was such a a peace that was like an open heaven. You could experience this portal. Many of you have been to uh, Moravian Falls, Prayer Mountain. There is a portal there. And I love um, visiting different sites like that or portals to distinguish the difference between them. But this one there in Switzerland, um, I think because of his devotion and his uh, commitment, and, and laid down life, surrendered life unto the Lord. Really has a unique place. You could feel and sense the presence of angels in that place. And it was just like amazing to hear the breeze, to hear the water going over those rocks, thinking those rocks, some of those rocks have been there that whole time for the last uh, five, six hundred years. And uh, it was a special place. And if you're ever in that region, encourage you to go by and visit um, this chapel up in the mountains in north central Switzerland on the way to Zurich. You know you were born with a mission from God. And I want to share some more notes that I have here about this. And I pray this is encouraging you and challenging you to allow the Lord to to check your foundations, to prepare a seedbed for this new season of expanded capacity, expanding spiritual footprint, and to be able to go um, where he wants us to go spiritually, that we would not grow weary in well-doing. We would not go around with our, har- our arms hanging down, our hands hanging down, not knowing what to do, that we would get away with the Lord until we feel that peace and presence and, and we get our next set of marching orders of the assignment that he calls us to do. I want to share um, some about Sardinia. <clears throat> Anne and I were there together in September Ruth lives there and has a growing, expanded uh, group of, of intercessors, watchmen and women on the wall, mostly women, but there's more men getting involved. And um, they are precious in, in really seeking the Lord, of, of um, redeeming the land. And of course, in Sardinia, some of the history of the Phoenicians goes back 3,500, 3,700 years ago. There are many um, idols and um, evil um, idol-worshipping places, um, temples of uh, of Baal there that have been destroyed, uh, Asura poles, and other forms of idols. And so this trip, they had mapped out um, the Tomb of the Giants in north-central S- Sardinia. And there were other idols up in that area. And this was a very remote region we drove for couple hours out of Valgaro to the north and the middle part of the island high up in the mountains and um, nobody around there it was very quiet which was nice when we got there we were out of sight and we walked along the trails then we got off the trail and we had um, two guys and me and three girls so there were um, three guys and three three women there we carried the guys carried stones to make an altar up the mountain and the women carried other supplies communion elements etc and um we got up to the appointed place where nobody could see us we couldn't hear anything no signs of civilization no no machinery no cars no highways no airplanes and uh we got up on a hillside and and we constructed an altar with 12 stones representing each tribe of israel And we got a a tree branch and made a a wooden cross tied with a string to hold vertical and horizontal together, put that in the middle of the stone. We have pictures of it, but I didn't have time to get it ready to show. And um, we took communion. We made declarations. We poured wine and oil and salt over the altar. And we weren't going to um, tear down the evil altars we were going with the focus of lifting up the superior altar of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and focusing on the Lord. And at the end, we we blew shofars. And then we could hear a heavenly sound because we were far out from civilization. And uh, you could hear, like, it reminded us of angels marching in the tops of the balsam trees in the Old Testament of of seeing and hearing that wind blow, that that angel wind, angel marching, high pitched sound, and it was like a confirmation of of our assignment uh, being fulfilled that day and pleasing unto the Lord. And the next day, in the headline, was uh, earthquake in Sardinia, and the um, this was an ongoing investigation. Which while we were up on the mountain, the arrests were being done. Thirty two people were arrested for corruption, drug dealing, and mafia tactics, you know, taking bribes for protection, et cetera. And it was in the town closest to where we were up on that that mountaintop. And they called it uh, earthquake in Sardinia as this big uh, corruption ring was exposed and arrested. And they called the operation New Mountain and uh, what a confirmation of that is as, as we go. Now, we're each called to different things, different types, different aspects of ministry, but um, that is one area where we've seen fruit. You know, we have other friends in this area who who were called, like when during COVID and, and the election debacle of 2020, uh, they went to Atlanta to make declarations in front of the CNN headquarters within a short time within a few weeks that office was closed and then this last week we saw where that office was was sold or or foreclosed on so our words our declarations have have effect if we go and speak the word of the lord um, as he directs us and led by the holy spirit so we cannot be silent we will not be silent like isaiah Um, two or six talks about that we will give the Lord no rest until he makes uh, Jerusalem a praise in all of the earth. And worship is so powerful. You all know that. We all agree on that. And John 4.23 says that, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers Will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. What comes to mind when you think of worship? It comes in many different levels. Does anybody want to share? What do you think of when worship comes to mind? Feel free, just unmute. For there are many different kinds. Praise allows the Holy Spirit to bring us into worship. Even when we're working, we can be worshiping. I remember my dad was a, a tough, old-fashioned work ethic guy, but he he raised me to think and say, everything is an act of worship unto the Lord. Do everything as unto the Lord, whether I was working in a gas station and cleaning toilets and help him get the 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 best cleanliness award in 50 years or be their best employee in 50 years. It was to do everything with excellence, to do everything as unto the Lord. I wonder how often we get to true worship. At this point, you must throw out everything and let God be God because spirit-led worship is taking you into the holy presence of God. If you sat with the president of your nation, you would allow him or her to run everything. You would sit when they sat. You would speak when they invited you to speak. You would give them your fullest attention. No cell phones, no distractions. When they stood, you would stand. When we meet with God, our Father, our Abba, we are meeting with the president of the creation. When we meet with him, We're before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not some mere fallen man who leads a nation. Out of courtesy, our respect, our fear must be at the highest level before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I once sensed the Lord did not like me taking my dog when I went to pray because I gave him too much attention. What do you think in your own life needs to be blocked out so that we can really enter into his presence and worship. And why does the devil hate speaking in tongues? Why do religious people denigrate tongues? Tongues is the language of worship. I love uh, Romans 8.26, paraphrasing, says, even when we don't know how to pray in the Passion translation, says the Holy Spirit... Super intercedes in our behalf with groanings as we pray in our heavenly tongues, language or tongue. Without tongues, you are just hitting old testament levels of worship. But when we do pray in tongues, we are going higher and deeper in the Lord. I saw this one this morning. I wanted to add that. You know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. We're in a time of continual shaking. The Earth is so uh, in, uh, engaging in earthquakes at a rapid rate, I think like 300 a day or over 5.0 or something around the world. Over half of the earthquakes in the last 24 hours around the world happened in the United States. So everything is being shaken physically, spiritually, as the Lord heightens our awareness, increases our capacity of the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So Niels Bohr, who's one of the the fathers of science and physics, says everything we call real is made of things that cannot be regarded as real. And that there's a theme here today about growing in um, sensitivity, growing in the discernment as in the sons of Issachar, so that we can see and know the truth from a lie, because there are way more lies than we're aware of. There is much more deception than we're aware of. You know, for example, uh, the the U.S. government's State Department and the United Nations talks about the genocide that is happening in Nigeria as a result of climate change of the Fulani tribesmen being forced to relocate because of global warming. Now that's a bunch of hooey, a bunch of hogwash. That's no excuse for killing Christians, maiming, butchering, raping, uh, destroying whole farms and villages. Um, And there's that, I mean, you can think of a hundred examples of of that type of deception that is going on. It's rampant, it's increasing. And um, Nancy uh, told me about this documentary a few months ago called The Lost Century, and it's made by a a scientist. Uh, I think it's apparent he's not a Christian, but it traces um, back to Nikola Tesla, great inventor in the 1800s, who, developed direct current. Thomas Edison developed alternating current. Um, in Europe, for example, and Asia, I think, uses direct current. America uses AC or alternating current. They both work. Um, <clears throat> but Tesla was a, a prolific inventor, and he invented things like um, getting electricity from magnetism, getting magneti- or electricity from um, gravity, simple things. And and these inventors over the years and this lost century documentary um, uh, quantifies with, with facts and research of different inventors from the time of the late 1800s to now that have come up with uh, um, hydrogen powered cars, car, internal combustion engines that run on water. Um, all these types of inventions. And you've heard about some of them of where the um, the uh, inventors are made to sound like crazy people. Their families are threatened. Sometimes the inventors have been killed. Sometimes big corporations buy up the patent to it and put it in a closet and how we, we've really lost a century and that because of the spirit of mammon, and greed, and control these big corporations of the world elites, or the Illuminati, New World Order, whatever you want to call them, um, they stifle ingenuity and creativity that could provide electricity, food, um, employment for people around the world. There has been a great injustice that's been done by the enemy, obviously, through his minions to hide creative thought, that stifles ingenious thinking that could really change history. And um, for example, Nicola Testa was killed by a taxi cab in New York City in 1925. He was hit by a car outside his office. Uh, The FBI went into his office three days later and took all his papers, and they haven't been seen since then. And so we encourage you to watch that that documentary, we've seen it on Netflix, you can watch it on YouTube, I think, or other sources of streaming devices called The Lost Century. Now, in that documentary, they don't leave too many stones unturned. They talk about zero point energy, even uh, solar, nuclear, um, wind energy, um, uh, electricity, coal, gas, oil, all of them, including solar, wind, and nuclear, all require more energy input than than is the output. And so zero point energy is something that's so efficient. And so uh, Tesla and other uh, ingenious inventors have found a way to get electricity out of sometimes out of the air, out of the earth, out of gravity, out of mag- from magnetism to be able to produce, Uh, very uh, free electricity. And they show in this documentary, The Lost Century, uh, boxes like, I mean, even like the size of my cell phone, um, and maybe two of those that could power a whole community or a village um, just from the air or from uh, uh, interacting with gravity that, that is all in our atmosphere to produce electricity. And so, my point is that we have we don't focus on the enemy, but the Lord gives us the the sons of Issachar anointing for discerning the times and the season. And and I'm here today to encourage you to go higher in the Lord to allow the seven spirits of God to fill up your your capacity. Our capacity is bigger than we think it is. Our our faith is bigger than we think it is. Um uh, and I love uh, E.W. Kenyon from 110 or 20 years ago, as said, it doesn't take faith to possess what you already own. As we grow in our identity in Christ and we know who we are as, as mature sons of God because we're walking, we're moving in the spirit, we're operating in our capacity as spirit beings to be able to move beyond self, um, to uh, to stay in this, our spirit, man or woman, who is the authority over our mind, will, and emotions, our capacity is expanded to to be able to have an induction of of what the Lord provides for all of us, so that we can change history, change nations, disciple nations, and it's all rooted in the love of Jesus Christ through His death, burial, and resurrection. Now we're reminded that Jesus. Wept over Jerusalem. Um, Paul talks in Philippians 3:10 that we would know the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ in order that we would know the power of the resurrection. So Jesus is, is our maker, our creator. In the beginning was the word, the word was God. Nothing was created that was not made by him. He made this, he knows the end from the beginning. Um, and Psalm 139, Ephesians 2, 10, talk about that our scroll, our book, our, our playbook, our destiny book was written before the foundation of the world, and the Lord is the one by his blood, by his death, burial, and resurrection, that we can go boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need, that we can do that. Now, you look at Uh, Jesus, after he was uh, crucified and buried and resurrected, he was able to 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 eat with the disciples, teach with there in Jerusalem for 40 days. Um, the, The Pharisees and the Sadducees knew and heard that he was around, but they couldn't stop him when they would come after him. He could just disappear in a crowd. He could walk through walls. He could eat material, physical food with disciples and then walk through a wall and nothing would be left behind. He's from another dimension. The seven spirits of God can also be equated with like seven dimensions that we can learn or that he wants to show us how to move through as we walk in holiness, in in uh, unity with the Trinity of God, to be able to speak to those things that be not as though they were to lay hands on the sick, knowing they shall recover. And if we drink any poison thing, it shall not harm us. So how how do we become more Christ-like, more surrendered? That is through um, fasting and praying, praying in tongues, devotion, stillness, being still, knowing that he is God, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to breathe, the holy breath, the holy wind, which we don't know which way the wind will blow, but we want to know that it's him and not, not the enemy. It's not ourselves. That is that is God moving, the God of all creation, the God of heaven and earth, the ancient of days, the one who loves us so extravagantly, we can't even comprehend it, that we would be able to to ride on eagle's wings with him as we traverse the galaxies or or dimensions and even last night of having these feelings of like being interdimensional it's like lord was encouraging me on of like yes come with me and i'll show you these things that you know not of but do you believe jesus said the work of the father is to believe How are we doing? On We're halfway there. I love this old Mark Twain saying, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day that you find out why. I love to add a third aspect, and that's the day that you were born again. Because he gives us the full armor of God. He gives us his word. He gives us his Holy Spirit and all the seven spirits of God. He gives us The fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. He gives us that measure of faith. And Jesus said, When I return to the earth, will I find faith? And right now, by faith, we say, Yes, Lord, you will find faith. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. As you hopefully have been seeing, you know, our CMM. College of Theology is a school based on the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And we've been so blessed to become close friends with with many of you, and we count you as lifelong friends and family, uh, really. Uh, And over a thousand have come here. We don't really track, maybe 1,200, 1,300 have come to our schools around the world, mostly to the U.S. one, for refreshing and, and healing. And a fresh launch in their lives or their ministry in their families. And we look forward to what the Lord has ahead. We feel like we're still just in the launch mode or the prenatal stage. But speaking of natal, many of you are birthing something now during this season, during this time, and and they don't call it labor for no reason. It takes pushing, it takes coordination. You got Braxton Hicks, where it seems like it's coming and then it's, oh, it's not, the baby's not quite ready. and But that that dream, that vision that you've been birthing, we speak to that now, Lord, that it will come forth in due time. And we thank you, Lord, for the oil of your Holy Spirit to uh, lubricate, to prepare the birth canal, Lord, for a smooth delivery in your appointed time, Lord, not before not by C-section, and, and Lord, forgive us for the times when we, when I may have aborted what you were birthing in my own life or my family or ministry, Lord, and just help us to, to cooperate with you, to align with you for this, this new, new ministry or business idea. Uh, entrepreneurial creation or collaboration is being uh, allowed to grow and and be nurtured by by your love most of all, and by the fruit of your spirit and the gifts of the spirit all around, Lord, that people would would mature to the point where we're not saying, "Are you with Paul or are you with you Apollos?" and we're not having to ha- be fed on milk, but we can be fed on the meat of the strong word. As as you take us beyond ourselves, Lord, that we get over ourselves and we see that our lives are not our own, that we truly are new creation in Christ Jesus. It's not a, a retrofit, it's not an upgrade, it's not a, a head or heart transplant, it is a whole new being creation by your grace, Lord, that that comes from even beyond this dimension, Father, of, of the spiritual eternity, our true home, that you send us here as ambassadors from the throne room of God, that we would walk in in the boldness and the courage, and, and let us not forget in Revelations 19, those that will be thrown into the lake of fire are the adulterers, the murderers, the 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 cheaters, Lord, all those are listed, but the first one listed is the cowards, Lord, that, that we would not be um, paralyzed or have paralysis of analysis, Father, that we would learn to get out of our our head, that we wouldn't over-intellectualize, we wouldn't try to make a formula out of knowing you, Jesus, that we would have authentic encounters, heart-to-heart talks as our hearts become one, we pray, Lord, that we would um, be in, in total unison as one with you, Father, in, in Jesus' mighty name. And your presence is what we seek, Lord. I don't want to read from Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Or it would be one, one voice in one accord that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Lord, fill this house, fill each house of those in attendance today and of those that will hear this later with your presence, with your peace, with your glory, that the, the tangible honey dripping presence would be more real each day as you, you shape us and remake us and you you take off the grid of, of our agendas, Lord, and that you show us your journey, Father. For Jesus, you said that he who is set free in Jesus' name is free indeed. And in 2 Chronicles 1-7, on that night, God opened, appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what shall I give you? The Lord is asking some of you, what is it that you want? What is it that you desire? For you are on the front row. And as our our ways become aligned and, and submitted and surrendered to God's ways, he, he often desires to give us the desires of our heart as the two become one in that place of his presence is when he says, ask, what shall I give you? Is it wrong to ask God for things? No. We have the right to all that he has, which he has given to us. This is his idea. But we don't treat God like he's a cold, impersonal bank or a bank account. How would you feel if your children only came to you when they wanted something? You would feel about as warm and fuzzy As an ATM machine, love, real gut-felt, heart-trembling love is the oil of our relationship. Lord, help us to, to value how much you love us. Let's be like John, that we can put our head on your bosom and we can feel and hear your heartbeat, Lord. We thank you, Abba, Father. And this is from Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The anointing breaks the yoke. If you will sit in his presence until he releases you, you will go with the anointing to accomplish whatever he's given you to do. That anointing is not just for ministry, but it's for everything in life. He's your father, Abba. True fathers care about everything in your life. You know, we often hear from our missionaries of of hungering, longing looking for the father's heart you know the word says that we have many teachers but not many fathers and we invite you to connect with more of our missionaries like Stephen Karen has and Karen and and many of our missionaries and volunteers on prophetic teams that meet the people from different fields around the world they're they're looking for that father's heart So, if you have a desire to connect with the nations, uh, let us know, please. Jesus made a way for you to have everything you need right now to complete your God ordained assignment. God is not on a budget, He has everything worked out for you is everything that you need he won't call you to a vision without providing the provision he desires us to dream big dream beyond what we can accomplish in our own lifetime to dream big what we can accomplish beyond even by ourselves and as we work together with the body of christ i see of collaborators coming together with a vision. We have friends here and in other areas and other countries that have visions of these Goshen's, of these cities of refuge, of sanctuary cities. And and I've had dreams for years um, of these types of things, over 20 years of these types of communities, hubs, apostolic hubs, whatever you want to call them, coming together, working, connecting with each other. and, And the day will come, when we'll be able to communicate prophetically in a nonverbal way. So so get ready. I did want to share a dream that I had in my notes from 2005. And this was a very vivid dream. And this um, fits into play here in reference to this um, uh, new season of advancement of our capacity in the spiritual realm in terms of discernment, of calling uh, evil what it is. Not going with the world, calling good evil and evil good, but calling evil evil and being that plumb line of Zerubbabel in everything that we do that they will know. They may kill us, but they'll know where we stand that we will not compromise or back down or, or lower the standard. Like many denominations are doing of ordaining gays and and just all lovey-dovey, flip-flop, sloppy agape, um, unbiblical uh, grace and tolerance, um, thinking that they're somehow smart or intellectually forward-thinking, instead of they're lost and they're, they're doomed unless they repent and on the, the way to hell. So in this dream, me and some friends were in out in the country, like in a desert. There were scattered shrubs and bushes. It was nighttime. And um, we were seeing unidentified flying objects. and And we got closer, but wanted to stay hidden behind the shrubs and the bushes to not be detected, And we saw these, these craft moving very fast at, at um, inhuman angles of being able to, to speed like at the speed of sound or almost the speed of light across the sky and then go into a right angle instantly or to disappear and then come back. And, and as I was preparing these notes and I was going over, my mind of what i saw in the lost century documentary of um you know some people and and ufos are demons or nephilim whatever you want to call them but some were man-made and in this dream in 2005 way before this was recently talked about uh, me and my friends in hiding in the bushes at night um, saw these ufos land and when they landed the doors opened and u.s soldiers came out of them and we were hiding, going, "Oh no, it's it's U.S. Army, it's U.S. soldiers, it's not aliens, it's it's a, a something of great deception going on." And so we hid, but then we got caught and we got taken by a gunpoint into tunnels underground. This was in a dream in 2005. It's like it it's happened now because it was that vivid. And they took us in the tunnels and they detained us and then. After a while, they, they called me out and they had me stand over against the point and the wall. And, and they said, literally, directly, if you renounce Jesus Christ, you'll go this way and live. If not, you'll go this way for execution. And I didn't hesitate or think I went to my right facing execution because I would not renounce Jesus as Lord. And, and this lost um, um, century talks about um, craft that were caught in Area 51 or other places in the 40s, 50s up till now, and that the military um, regime, Gestapo, is is reverse engineering these things to be able to produce them. But um, the point is that with God, all things are possible. And there's so much more that we don't know. We have to keep our eyes on the Lord, we have to judge everything lined up with the word of God, any any movement, impression, uh, what we may think is prophetic. Maybe it's just our own meandering uh, imagination or a thought life. But put everything against the word of God. Stay strong in the word of God and the spirit. But know there's a lot more happening than we're aware of. Um, and the and, uh, the, the webs of lies and deceit are, 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 are so evil, and there's so much interconnected between those that would be out to destroy Israel, destroy the U.S., destroy uh, Christians. You know, one of the Muslim uh, leaders of Hamas, like a month ago, had a video. He said, this is not about the land of Israel this is about the destructions of Jews and Christians around the world until every man, woman, and child on earth submits to um, Islamic ideology, uh, hogwash. We know that won't happen and and we prepare for it. and and um, it's all the more important to reach all we can while we can, but to be knowing that Jesus, the man in white is appearing to more people. We pray for, for Jesus to appear to, to Muslims, to Buddhists, uh, Maoists, to witch doctors, evil priests, uh, atheists, even Democrats, that they would see and encounter uh, the man in white, Jesus Christ, as the Lord and Savior. Farzad shared the other day a great uh, testimony yesterday, and he told me this story before that a few years ago when when ISIS was in its heyday in Iraq and Syria, and um, the uh, Kurdistan government, which are many of them are Christians, came to Farzad and said, hey, we have an ISIS terrorist we want you to interview. Uh, he says he's a Christian, and we don't know because we're Muslims, but maybe you being a Christian, Farzad, you can tell and discern if this ISIS guy is really a convert to Christianity He said, "Okay," and he goes there. This guy was big, evil, Islam looking guy. And and Farzad said, so they say you're a Christian. He said, I am. And how did it happen? And he said that he was in a foxhole and he had killed 16 people. He was a murderer of 16 people. And Jesus appeared to him. And he said, so you, you saw the man in white. He said, I could touch him. And I could see him and I could feel him. Jesus was there. I know what I saw. He was a person and he was right next to me and I could touch him and know, and my whole life changed. He tells it much better than I do. But imagine we're in a day where where Jesus does appear. Jesus, we ask you to appear before Hamas, whether it's a man in white or vis visibly physically appear lord you are able we just pray that uh, there be a supernatural turnaround in this war in in uh, gaza and when israel and ukraine and russia lord that the whole world would see and experience the manifest reality of presence of the living god so that it's undeniable and nobody could say it didn't happen, or maybe it was this, or maybe it was that, maybe it was low water in the Red Sea or the wind blowing, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that this is Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, the captain of the host of the army, showing himself real, Lord. And and as we as your troops, your your warriors, your your hands, your feet, Jesus, you are the head always, and we are just parts of the body with our different. Uh, roles and connectedness and sinews and tissues and joints and marrows working together with Jesus you as the head always Lord that the world would know how real you are Jesus you are real Jesus you are real Jesus you are real and we know that many more are going to be experiencing and seeing and encountering the love that you have for them Lord they may be lost they may be uh, christian killers they I mean antichrist they could be the head of the un or 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 anybody heads of state or the uh, world economic forum or the new world order or the united nations lord george Sowers. nothing is impossible with you lord and many of these these assaults uh, became paul's lord just like we saw in in the the book of acts and the new testament lord that that these souls are being prepared to be mighty warriors to win souls to Jesus Christ, Lord. And just like we, we've seen Farzad and, and others, Lord, that were, were harsh uh, Muslims hating Christians or sent to destroy them, Lord, that you're turning their hearts to Jesus. You're melting their hearts. You're softening their hearts. You're loosening their stiff necks because that is who you are, Lord, and nothing is impossible with you. I got so many notes. I don't want to go on. I want to allow times for questions and answers. Oh, I want to talk about um, the Battle of Altars. That is a book by Francis Miles. Um, I think you've heard us. Um, some of you have read his books. He's really good. Battle of Altars. He does one I haven't read yet on the Order of Melchizedek, and he does one on Speak to the Earth. And um you know he talks in the battle of altars of building the superior altar of G- of the lord first don't don't focus on tearing down the evil lesser inferior false idols but build up the real altar of the living god and there's so many examples in the old testament of everywhere abraham stopped everywhere where moses went they built altars as a memorial unto the lord altars have great power we've seen it firsthand and to build that superior altar to the living God. And then, boom, the other things take care of itself. Just like when they brought in the ark um, in the Old Testament before the statue of Dagon. And Dagon's statue fell down. The next day, they brought it, stood it back up. And it fell down again and broke the arms off of Dagon and the and the head off. That's the power of our, of our God. And so the Battle of Altars is a book that i recommend you read and study and and the author um francis miles speaks in that book about that we are each mobile altars you know you are you are a child you are a mature son or daughter of the living god Uh, and joshua talked about every step you take you claim for jesus christ that as you walk in humility um being restored from the brokenness, from all traumas the last few years. And you're walking in that authority, not your own authority, but the authority given you as a child of the living God, that you you carry that supernatural identity, that your, your spiritual footprint is larger than what's visible to the naked carnal eye. And that as, as you go about, you walk in that humility, but you walk in that authority, as a son or daughter of the living God, you can speak and shift the atmosphere. You can shift the atmosphere sometimes without saying a word. You know, I've been in places and, and people are milling around and they, they sense something and then they, they say, oh, George, I didn't see you, but I could feel something. They're that way with you and you're, you're, your presence, your footprint is probably more palatable more uh, palpable than my own. So walk in that humility, walk in in that sovereignty as a royal child of the living God. And then I wanted to to talk briefly about Isaiah 35 and the highway of holiness. And I want to read part of a few verses from that chapter of Isaiah 35. Go down to um, the part where it says, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the Highway of Holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, even though he's a fool, shall not go astray. That our testimonies, I see, are the, are the golden spiritual pavers, paving the highway to holiness. You know, we've each encountered supernatural things miracles signs and wonders occurrences that nobody can take away from us that is that is real that is a spiritual um, paver helping bring heaven closer to earth as the earth is getting closer to heaven as bill johnson says heaven is invading earth continually until as we approach through the the end times and get near to the return of jesus heaven is, a, is approaching earth and earth is approaching heaven and this highway of holiness it's us standing on the prayers of those that have gone before us like the heroes of the faith chapter in hebrews 11 and 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 verse 37 40 says and, and those were not worthy of life on earth they, some were sawn in two some were boiled in oil some were um tortured wore lambskins inside out um for death to self, and God had something better for us that apart from us, their promises could not be fulfilled, so our life truly, there's another reason, it's not our own, that we're helping, we're living to help fulfill uh, Joseph, Daniel, Jesus, Moses, Abraham's promises that went before us, and there's a generational mandate, a personal responsibility for each of us to, to be true to the Lord, true to the word, true to the spirit of God as spiritual beings, that our life is, is not our own. And you each have an ordained assignments. I believe we each have many ordained assignments as we uh, bow down and lean into our beloved. Let's see what's on the next page. Oh, this one. Okay, so we know the anointing breaks the yoke, and I read this a couple minutes ago, but here it is on the screen. If you will sit in his presence until he releases you, you will go with the anointing to accomplish the work he has given you. That anointing is not just for ministry work, but for everything we do. He's your father, your Abba. True fathers care about everything in your life. Allison, you expressed that and articulated that so perfectly. It was like a divine setup from before the class began that you knew we would be talking about Abba's love and encountering Abba's love. All things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe that? I'm finding even the last few months, I'm gonna have I'm having to rethink, to revisit how I study the Word of God. And one of our friends said over the weekend to even Read learn to read the word of God as if you've never read it before, because we we miss things in our carnality, in our human nature. And we want it to stay fresh, to remember to fall in love with our first love continually, over and over and over, never stop falling in love with Jesus. And that goes on: His presence, the presence of the Father and His family, the sweetest place in all creation. Don't you want to be there right now? Look, surprise, we are. Look, taste, smell, feel, and see. And the Lord is heightening our senses uh, in the spiritual realm of the fivefold senses, fivefold ministry, in ways to expand our capacity to receive more, to, to grow through the through the joys and through the sorrows to encounter and see what the Lord God sees jesus wept over jerusalem paul says that we would know the fellowship of the sufferings of christ so that we know the power of the resurrection and it's like the best of times the worst of times how do what do we make of it he gives us this free will but it's all decided before the earth began of that we are the mature sons of god to rise up to be able to handle what comes without being thrown off course, without being distracted or hindered or shipwrecked as the apostle Paul talked about, that our our single-minded focus um, carries us through. And I was describing to Nancy the other day, it's like we see where the Lord wants our school or CMM to go and it's across a great divide. And right? we have like a, an arrow, um, and a long rope and arrow, and we have to get it across there into that cliff wall on the other side. We don't know how he's going to do it, but if we aim at the high mark of his calling and and we aim it, then he'll see to it that we get there, that he will will move heaven and earth because he loves us so much to see that thing. Even when it looks impossible, he's the God that can make it possible and we just have to trust him like the like the first slide uh said or the third slide maybe we can trust him does that show up no what does what show up oh does the boat show up yep you're there there it is okay good we can trust him so he's trusting us to trust him more. And I think it was in 2018, I was speaking up in Raven Falls, at the gathering place. Mm-hmm. And that morning, Lord said, throw away your notes. Um, he's trusting us to trust him more. Because when we have that trust walking together, we're unstoppable because he's unstoppable. Thank you. Amen. So, Bless you all, Lord, expand our capacity that we won't get hung up on what's temporary, that we'll continue to see the destiny you created for us, even though it looks far off, even though it looks impossible, Lord, that we will stay true, that you're our, you're our standard, our banner of love over us, Lord, that we would we would see and achieve and obtain by your grace all that you call us to see, achieve, and obtain for your glory lord in jesus name amen
1: amen good stuff good stuff all right that was a lot A lot packed in there let's open it up for comments and questions anybody have some thoughts on that you've been writing down george i had i had a couple while while you were talking i'll let i'm going to you yeah, will open it up but um you were talking about you know farsad and the thing that that got me was um you know we know what, all that happened. I think last time he was here. What, what was that last fall? Was it last fall? October,
0: October third to the twelfth.
1: Last year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so twenty twenty two. So, um, so he was basically telling me that he didn't have any shoulders left from what he'd been through,
0: and we were walking along. I can't and that remember. was due to torture in Iranian prisons.
1: So, so I was. I think I was walking to your house or something. We were walking anyway, and he was telling me that. And uh, it it blew my mind to think about that. Um, and I didn't know how he was functioning to carry things, but, and all the bones. Anyway, he doesn't talk about that stuff, right? And so Saturday, like yesterday, we, we were in prayer. And then also I have friends who've had shoulder surgery and family members, and I, you know, um, even though they're tough people, you know, anyway, you know that that's something. And so I, I did say something like that to him. I said, wow. And he said, you know, I already have my wife and I already have our dibs in for our new bodies and how great they're going to be in heaven. That's what his response was. Um, i It's just overwhelming to hear him talk about that. And then nothing, nothing about what, you know, his, what he goes through, which sounds to me definitely like Paul, like John the Revelator, you know, after being boiled in oil and all the
0: things. He really that they- talks about himself, just about God encounters, meeting Jesus.
1: Mm -hmm. That's it. And so so um, that goes back to me to, you know, the piercing of, um, you know, of the of the trials that we go through, which is, you know, you know, the, the, the trials that 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 become part of our being so that 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 becomes part of the oil that we're able to speak out of. And that's where everywhere he goes. Things begin to shift and change because of everything that he suffered through is part of that anointing. And so, um, you know, things we complain about and things that, you you, you know, it was a year, a full year for him. But, of course, Jesus appeared to him every day. But, uh, you know, nobody knows, you know, about that.
0: But to me, it just blew me away. He was in prison for two and a half years oh, two and a half years okay he, says he wishes it was longer because jesus came to teach him every day
1: every day every day so but 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 the point was that um that that piercing is that those those are the trials in hebrews that it talks about to give him that that revelation anyway and the piercing that um you know it says that uh you know the words of paul pierced them and so the piercing is it cuts to the bone and the marrow means it it changes people. So when he begins to speak for begins to speak, people are changed. And that's that um, the crushing of the grapes and that's the great anointing. And so um, when we are asking for those things, um, you know, we have to understand, you know, what we're asking for. So I find it uh, very, then George, you were talking about um, different things about expansion and there's this whole thought. I, I went ahead and I posted, I don't know, George, I posted the Prime video, the Prime version. I don't know if there's another one. I just saw it on Prime. Um, uh, praise God. There was the the video uh, on um, the last century. last century. Yeah, I put that there. And I think I put something else up in the, that you were talking about. I just kind of kept posting it in the doctoral class. Oh, um, the reign of grace—that's what Karen was talking about. Versus the reign of death, and the difference of those two things. It's—it's it's not that long a video.
2: It's, extremely dangerous times to be alive. Trying sorry. times, but
0: times that I believe will herald. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So one of those links was time, huh?
1: Yeah. So so anyway so anyway the divine uh, divine expansion. I wanted to say this too. There is, I think, the same guy. I think it's where I've I've heard that. Where when you listen to her at 1st you you're it's like at least for me my brain couldn't focus too much it was just difficult, and I had to just take time and just let my let my brain continue to expand on some of those on some of those thoughts. But um but as you listen to her she there, she, she she's she's um actually training herself to expand, um you know her her th- thought process to take in more of God which I think you mentioned that too George which I thought that was awesome. All right let's. Um, I'm gonna stop right now for a second and just open up and just go ahead, comments, questions, jump in. George, thank you so much, that was wonderful. Thank you. Just unmute and share.
3: I thought with what all this going on, I, I felt it to be very encouraging um like a shot in the arm kind of thing. Reality, yes. Um, but but just very encouraging to be a Christian today. And you know, I think uh well I've met so many Christians who who really are in fear more it surprises me. Um that the Christian you know the Christ, some of the Christians I know that are in fear, but
0: it was very encouraging. Thank you. Amen. That was my heart or to encourage us, not to put us in fear, but to deliver us from fear into greater courage.
1: Amen, just keep on mute and just
3: share. Thank you so much, Angie. Thanks, um, Dr. George. And I kind of know the answer, but you said there's much more deception out there than what we're aware of. Like, how do we adequately prepare for the deception
0: that's coming and is currently there? Great question, Norma. I believe the answer is found in Christ alone of keeping our eyes on him. As we draw closer to him and grow in his wisdom and stature, he gives us the tools to discern. Because if we go looking for trouble, we'll find it. If we go looking for deception, we'll get tricked along the way. So he's the standard. He's he's the object of our affection and our focus. And as we draw closer to him, he will uh, help us to discern and distinguish um, truth from falsehood, good from evil, and right from wrong. And so he makes it easy. He said his yoke is easy and his burden is light to just Look upon him like a loving father, taking a little child across a busy street. We don't have to look at the traffic to try to figure out when it's safe. We just keep our eyes on him and hold his hand tight and he'll take us at the right time.
1: Just a thought on that. Um, I think Clarine made this statement. She came through, by the way. It was great to see Clarine and Kuzan.
0: Uh, from, oh, that was great. We had a uh-huh. great time with them.
1: But she she brought up something about, you know, there is a gift of discernment, which is so wonderful and so great when people, you know, you just, you have that great gift. Um, but I think the discernment the, the that Hebrews is talking about, something you grow into, you know, discerning spirits, you can grow into that through um, your experiences and through your trials. So as you get to know God through those things, I think that's where that um, discernment comes from.
0: Oh, yeah, I left out a part. Go ahead. And I share like yeah, sure. Go ahead, George. This is about stages of trust as mature sons and daughters of God. We have many examples in the Old and the New Testament, uh, and so David comes to mind. Anna helped me look up or just write this because I was really scrambling to get everything in today. Uh, the Lord grew David up to be a king of great stature but he didn't start out in a royal family. He started out as a shepherd where he spent long hours in the field with only animals and nature surrounding him. But he learned to use those many years to go deep in the Lord who taught him the meaning of worship and intimacy with him. A large part of the Psalms were written by David during this time. He cried out in his rejection by his family And the Lord turned him unto himself. David's servant heart led him to be on the battlefield at a time when no one knew what to do. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 19 to 51. Because he had matured and learned that nothing can be defeated except by trusting the Lord, David slew Goliath and caused the entire opposing army to flee. And I mean, you look at the life of, of Joseph, of so many, of Daniel of um, the word says, if if God can trust us in the small things, then later he'll trust us in the greater things. So many of us are at stages of transition or growth or birthing, and, and we're not sure what's next. The Lord wants you to stay faithful, to stay true, to keep plowing on, to study Hebrews, um, as Nancy taught last week, and allow the that, that two-edged sword to cut through to bone and marrow. And then another example is Elijah. Um, Elijah came out of nowhere. And first he was told by the Lord to go down by this uh, stream, Sarah, or I forget how to say it. And the the ravens would feed him morning and night. So he was faithful in that. He did what the Lord said to go down by this stream. The ravens will feed you morning and night. And then he had him declare about the, the, um, the drought. So then he was sent by God to go to the widow at Zarephath. This was in Sidon, in Jezebel's hometown, in her birthplace. So he goes to the widow, who was suicidal, ready to make her last meal for her and her son, and die. And he says, give me something. To eat. So the word of the prophetic voice attuned with the Lord, was able to shift things, even for this widow and her son. Then later on, the son of the widow dies, and the woman says, what have you done, prophet? You've caused my, and, and Elijah said, take me to him, took him, took the boy up to Elijah's room, up the upper floor, and and prayed and resurrected him in Jezebel's backyard. This was preparation. He didn't know. You may not know what your next battlefield assignment is but the lord is preparing you if we're hearing and obeying Shema in the daily things that he calls us to and so then after that then the lord sends because elijah was faithful in obedience and following what the lord was calling to do then sent him to carmel carmel to do the battle with the the um the, the prophets of baal and later with Jezebel up there. So these are stages of trust. As as I said earlier, the Lord is trusting us to trust us, trust him more so that he can give us more if we're faithful in the small things. Another example is Moses and the burning bush. You know, 40 first years in Egypt, being trained to be uh, the son of the Pharaoh, eventually be Pharaoh. boom, goes out. He's in the wilderness for 40 years. He's faithful. He's in a place where it's not unusual for bushes to catch on fire, but normally they're consumed. So he's out doing his daily gig, being a shepherd, taking the sheep along, what he does did the day before, the year before that, and the year before that. And he sees the burning bush that would not be consumed And it's like his curiosity was sanctified. Allow the Lord to sanctify your curiosity so that in the right time, you'll see what the Lord wants you to see and you'll be sensitive enough to not miss it. Whereas other people may see those bushes burning and think, oh, that's just another heat of the desert bush burning. And so there's many lessons in his word. His word is everything and the spirit is everything. To study that, to be prepared, to go through this time of birthing of transition of of allowing the lord to to pierce us without killing us because his desire is life and we've moved beyond the a the, the spirit of death to, into the age of grace
1: amen amen the piercing the piercing is when it becomes part of us it goes into our very bones, changes our structure, and into our blood.
0: Of course, our yeah. People. And the brokenness that we go through and the piercing yeah. that becomes part—that's like the highway of holiness. Those, those things, those aspects, nobody can take away from us.
1: Amen. That's right. That's right. Nobody can take it. Um, I don't want to say something about the birthing thing too. Like everybody, everybody thinks it's all like ooey gooey, like, ooh, spiritual, like, and it is sort of kind of in an interesting way, but the bottom, I think this is my, this is, this is my thought is that it's so, it's just the obedience, George. It's just taking what he says and writing it down and warring over that, as you call it, or just saying, God, I know you said this. How do you want to do it? Then asking the questions and then watching it, stopping and listening and watching it manifest and participating with that word, and that's mm. really the whole point. We teach that in the Masters of Ministry class now. We're having that through our class, but it's a, it's just it's not it's not rocket science. It's just obedience, really. Go ahead, Allison. You have something to share. I think I've written what I was going to share, but <clears throat> it was so deeply revelatory. So, um, it was just, yeah, it, and it just really penetrated right down to the depth of my soul and spirit. And I'd was, actually
4: written that before you started saying it. So,
5: so, yeah, it was just how I was feeling that everything you said was just, um yes, I want this. Yes, I want this. Yeah. So, You've got it. Yeah. Yeah. It. Got it. But the more, the more. Yeah. And so... Yeah just receive yeah we have got it but just to receive it and come in that that expansion of your thinking is so important
1: mm-hmm. yeah lord expand us
2: Thank
1: you. Yeah. yeah jump in Here's what brad go ahead jump in Brad.
4: oh i'm sitting here listening to dr george and and well, Sharon reminded me a little bit of my message from yesterday when I got home, So, and a lot of it was about being whiny and bratty and <laughs> things like that. But uh, she she reminded me from time to time to let me know, hey, you remember what you were speaking about yesterday? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And so now, now she reverse, reverses it back to me so I, so I realize what I'm doing. But the whole time through – God, God was just, I don't know, he's leaning on me because he knows I'm stubborn. He's known that for a long time. Mm. He works with me gently. I got a little flat spot on my head for, where he corrects me gently. But uh, one thing he said, he said, you know, we've got to quit seeing ourselves as normal. Mm. We're limiting ourselves. The supernatural lives in us. Amen. And we need to rest in him so that we can release that.
0: That's good, Brad.
1: Pray for us, Brad. Did you pray for us?
4: Uh, most definitely. Well, Father, thank you for time. Thank you for the word Dr. George brought us. And uh, let us all, all just receive some revelatory knowledge from it as we sleep tonight. And uh, let us act on those. Those words that we uh, we receive from you, but thank you for the time that you you've put us here on this earth to do the things you've called us to do, and the anointing you've placed on all of our lives. Uh, just uh, open our eyes, let us see what it is that that, that is on task for us that uh, that you have for us so we can step into that and begin to carry out the plans that you have for us. Continue to bless us. Continue to stay with us. And just shine your light the way you need us to go. Yes, we love Lord. you and everything that you do. And in Jesus' name we ask all. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Any
1: anybody else have anything? Thank you, Brad. Uh, Kel- Clarine and Kuzon okay. and Kameh. Hello. Traveling bunnies in America.
0: <laughs> They're setting Alabama free. <laughs>
5: I yeah we have traveled like five three thousand five hundred miles in two weeks. I don't know how long so um I I have a question about something um George um, and Nancy I think like we have sp- spoke yesterday in a traditional church it's and I know we don't talk about traditional churches but I'm talking about the body of Christ. Um, we talk in the Baptist Church, and we really felt in that time that we talk about, it was about um, the Spirit. So we didn't mention the, totally the Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, but uh, we talked about the Spirit of God. And our testimony is about the, our missions, uh, when we were in missions, and how God uh, guided us through the Spirit. And... Um, the emphasis was how God was moving and because all of what we do is guided by the Spirit to show even if you, uh, when you do any pioneering, it have to be in prayer and it have to be led by the Spirit to, to put down structure. So we mentioned a lot of things, but we were cautious in a way. But I I felt really that the Lord is moving in that church Um Actually, pressing them in the next yeah. phase of their lives in maturity yeah. is calling them into maturity. Yeah. And I was feeling if, if people are called into a place of maturity, the body of Christ, and they don't move into that, mm. and it's not just us they were speaking, the, the girl or the lady, she's about 35 years old, and so they are part of the church and they wanted us to come speak there. Um, so we, we spoke with all the, they have adult classes. So all of the students were there. Um, and so we spoke about what we went through. And I made sure not to, to speak so much about the Holy Spirit, because I know that some people are, are, are sensitive about it um, because of what's happening uh, in this domin- denomination at now, at this point. But it doesn't matter. People are changing because of the Holy Spirit. You can't stop this work of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so um, she was in, in the church. She was leading the kids. And she talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. She did not stop. And I knew exactly that the Lord is calling that church to move forward into maturity. And it's not like they can back out of this. I feel like some are pressing in and it doesn't even matter what he's saying in the what they are saying in the world or what they're going to believe the lord is going to override that because he's not going to stop for man so my question in this is um when the lord pulls up a church or us as believers to move spiritually deeper into maturity and to let go of things um Are we accountable for that? Are we um, disobedient and coming against the work of the spirit? Because the spirit work is to lead us into maturity and to, and we have to let go of things what he told us to get, let go of. That is his work. And so I'm just, the question I'm asking is, um, this is, is this part of disobedience, not to listen to when the Spirit speaks, to move into maturity for the church? Just a random question I'm asking. I feel like is anybody feeling? Uh, can Can anybody have an idea what the Spirit is doing, Nancy?
1: Person personally, I I feel that um, when the presence of God is really there, it could be a it could be actually life and death. It can be life and death. It really can be. Um, other times there's grace, but I've I've seen where it's life and death. And so um, I think we're entering into very serious times. And uh, I'm not speaking that on them, but I've seen it. I've seen it. So um, praise God. Um, somebody else jump in. George, you want to jump in?
0: no you handled that just right okay. nancy
1: uh, nichols did you have something on there
2: yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um i've been in those churches clarine um and i have found that it depends on the presentation most churches regardless of the denominational persuasion or their doctrinal stance they're open if they're feeling that they that somebody isn't coming with an agenda or to convert them, if they sense the motive is love, they will listen, they will ponder it, they will study. I've also been present when the Holy Spirit shows up, and he does his thing. And then everybody says, what just happened here? And it becomes a time for training and equipping. Mm -hmm. And I often tell people, I'm not here to push anything on you. We're just mm-hmm. going to speak the Holy Spirit. And when he shows up and you have questions, then come talk to me. Um, and what I have found is that has happened multiple times. And then the church congregation is pushed to a decision point. Yep. Yeah. And when that decision comes, they either move forward or they step back. <clears throat> and when they step back... Ichabod is written over the door. Yeah, And
5: sometimes it's literal physical
2: death, but definitely spiritual death.
5: That's um, what I experienced. Is to, you know, you said, I felt like this is like a crossroad and I didn't yeah. like that much, but I, I feel like people were so open and I feel like ready. And this this lady says, she's like, uh, she's also a missionary. They have these houses. She's taking another person's, uh, step in a new position. They're young couple. But she's so much for the spirit's move, and she's in the Baptist Church, and yeah. that's where we spoke. and I felt like the Lord is uh, moving in the church, and, and she was speaking very out about this, know yeah. after we spoken, but she spoke in the church, and we spoke in the, the adult Sunday school. But, so? the yeah. yeah, and, and there is also a missionary in that Baptist church, and a family couple, family, but family, that family. was in the Middle East. It's almost like the Lord is, you know, wants the church to move forward. Um, I just, yeah, I just asked the question, but it's, this is what you say. I'm going to pray more for the church. I'm going to really pray for them and fast for them.
2: It really is about bringing people and churches to places of decision to move. The Lord will provoke them to go deeper where they have a decision and they have to go deeper. or they have Yeah, to that's,
5: that's what I felt.
2: And, uh. You just have to know that you were faithful to do what he called you to do while you were there. And unfortunately, I've met many of those hungry people, and they came alive, and they were excited. But then they had to choose between their church or moving forward with the Lord. And they often, often choose their church. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I, it's just heartbreaking, the, those things I've seen.
1: But it's exciting right now. I just want to say I feel that the Lord is moving in the denominations. I just get excited. Yeah, they are I'm just moving in the denominations, and people are. Oh, hunting. he's
2: moving, and decisions are happening, and the sifting is going on between the goats and the sheep and the wheat. But, oh, my but we're in different. Time. I, I
3: want to jump it in exciting? on that really quickly if I can. Yeah, I, I just want to say that. I've been praying for years for a widespread outpouring of the baptism and that churches would come in. And I've been really praying for this. And the other day I was in my living room studying and I looked up and there was literally floating midair, a flame of fire and it it was there and I knew it was an angel and I thought why have you brought this angel as a flame? it was a beautiful flame of fire and I realized that what I was seeing was probably very similar to what the 120 saw over each other's heads I think it might have been angels literally as flames of fire over every one of their heads and I believe Holy Spirit is saying I am moving in this I am bringing churches in to the to the power of the spirit because if you're not walking in the power of the spirit you're missing so much and you can miss the call you can miss the call so i, I believe he really is doing this and we should be encouraged and keep praying for it
1: you know i have to say george if if people are like Parsad said randomly getting saved and all this stuff is happening i have to believe that the church is having that kind of blessing too Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dr. George. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your patience and putting up with me. It was awesome, George. George. Thank you. Thank,
5: thank, you. George. thank you, all.
1: See you thank
5: soon. You, thank George. you, George. Thank you, George. George, thank you, Dr. George. Great to see you all. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right.